1: Jurassic Views, Zioquiana, Bryce Diamond, on a busy week. It, it is Saturday. Uh, it has been a full week. I'm on vacation, but I feel like in Raptor land, I've had a lot of overtime. Uh, I've had some hangovers. Uh, I've had some some, some long... Uh, letters, uh, drafts, like draft letters that I've, I've written out after three or four drinks uh, that I've then thrown in the garbage. Uh, and then I've watched video, video montage after video montage. Um, and just when I thought that I would be in a dark storage room for the entire week, trying to drown my sorrows, some good news comes. A light breaks in and it has just been a roller coaster ride. Zaya Quiana, with all that has gone on this week in Raptors Land, forget about your, your regular life, your job. I don't care about any of that. Just within Raptors Land this week, how are you doing, man? How are you feeling?
0: I'm exhausted. Like Bryce, there were moments where I was so distracted. Um with anticipation from yeah. a, a woge bomb or yeah. a sham or a shams trigger i don't know how you know what we use for for shams we'll but, come up with uh, or we'll come up with something um that it it really interrupted me you know emotionally i you know it kept me on my toes um and uh, and there's and the delay that there was you know in some of the news that was coming in um, led me to like draft several roster <laughs> formations right like okay what's our what's our what's our lineup right what's our starting five you know who are key assets coming off the bench um, you know there's news circulating where that we may be interested in cj mccullum or Ben Simmons. And, and so there are, you know, I'm sketching different type of rosters and I'm like, goodness gracious. Cause my imagination was just going crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm listening to different podcasts, different um, interviews of journalists. I mean, it, for what it is, I mean, free agency, uh, you know, as soon as the, the the finals end and it's the start of you know, the, I think the next uh, main event is uh, the NBA draft, and then onto free agency. It's quite, the NBA has a way of making things intriguing, dramatic. Um, it's
1: like a soap opera. Yeah. Yes, goodness Most gracious! People. So uh, um, yeah, incredible stuff. What went on? Uh, I was I was out Thursday night. Sorry, Wednesday night. Wednesday night, I was out with uh, some of my my wife's family, just like the cousin. And we were out for for a good time. Uh, Initially, there was a conversation organized uh, that we would be out for dinner at this one Singaporean spot. And I mean, Toronto, Toronto was live, man. Toronto was live and in full effect on on a freaking wednesday yep. uh, the summer was full tilt uh you know people were dressed up people were looking good and i i, I was just like a kid at wonderland looking around m- marveled by this big city with bright lights anyways we go to the original restaurant they don't have a reservation then we walk, uh, uh, you know, 500 meters down the street to meet up at a parking lot with uh, one of my wife's cousins. He's like, no, 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 everything's fine. We go back to the restaurant. The, the GM, he meets uh, at the front. We get in. He, he, he schmoozes his way with the GM. He, he used to work there. And we get a, a table. Then after the dinner's over, great meal, wonderful meal. Uh, Kat's, uh, my wife's uh, cousin says, I got a place I want to take everybody. And I'm like, man, it's 1030 on a Wednesday. I still got to drive out to the Burbs. Uh, Like, really, are we doing this as 40 year olds, as 40 somethings? Anyways, we walk uh, about 15 minutes in downtown TO, I, I have no idea where we're going. We walk down a set of stairs into like a nice kind of wine bar type place. Mm. The 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 mater D is is a, a bit much for me, uh, you know, trying to sell us on on this place. And then I I turn a corner because the the mater D is like I want to show you a couple of different champagnes and wine and 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 liquors that we got here he pulls a lever i'm into a cocktail lounge wow. music music's playing jazz is going there's candelabras i'm like i just got a boost and it was like <laughs> it was like messiah had just showed up you know when messiah re-signed this week all the lows that i had all the difficulty that I had uh, went away, a- a- and that's what my Wednesday night was like. Uh, my friend, this week we've had a number of things happen. If that's your Wednesday night, I'm curious what your Friday night is. <laughs> that's a that's a whole nother podcast, my friend. <laughs> we we this week in Raptors Land, we saw, you know, some guys get. Get waved that we knew we going to get waved. We, we had DeAndre Bembry, who's now with the Brooklyn Nets. We had uh, we had Paul Watson. Uh, salute to you, my friend. I'm sure you'll be you know a journeyman for the rest of your uh, career. Uh, we've seen uh, some other bench guys. I still haven't heard anything on Stanley Johnson, uh, but we had Aaron Baines wave, which seemed to cheer up the fan base. <laughs> Uh, but this was all after a huge announcement that that Kyle Lowry was not just leaving, but that he had been traded to the Miami Heat, um, which is crazy in itself. And, and we'll get to all of that in a, in a second. Uh, but then we have Kem Birch, Canada's own Montreal born and raised Russell uh, resident. Uh, Rez, Russell, Ontario. He signs, and he he has an emotional, uh, you know, press conference. Uh, his mom was tweeting out courtside. Mom's uh, podcast on uh, Ken Birch's mom. That was, uh, and then we get Masai saying that he's going to be in Toronto f- for the long term. I, I don't know if we have had any details come in on that. Uh, but home, no, but not only is he the president now he's the vice chair and i was like vice chair of what the board vice chairman of the board this guy's taking over and and drake's licking his lips thinking that he's going to be able to be a part owner himself i'm sure but my friend it is we have gone all over the place we've gone to the desert seeing you know oasis places uh we we've gone to the river we've been wined and dined with some experiences but it there's and in been, your
0: case we're in cocktail lounges oh my exclusive God. cocktail lounges in downtown oh, Toronto,
1: which i'll uh, tell you about later i'll give you the details on that spot later but man we've been all over the place absolutely where, where do we begin where do we end i i think we gotta i think we gotta talk about the messiah right i think we gotta well. talk about the messiah and And, as we all know, with messiahs, we we know that there's an expiry. We know we only have Messiahs for so long. And they have to leave. and And when they leave, they they impart to those that stay gifts and abilities. And I've read a number of articles this week, um, journalists giving tributes to Kyle Lowry. But Kyle Lowry, our Messiah, is gone. And and before we get into too much, what was, what was that like, my friend, to hear the inevitable that the Messiah had left? Um, well, I was hearing these rumors when I
0: was in um, in Miami, right? When I was right. talk- when I would be talking basketball with with folks out in Miami, you know, they had a high expectation that um Kyle Lowry would be heavily pursued in free agency. Um his close relationship, which uh shouldn't be underestimated with uh with with Butler, um you know, was a driving force and and all an obvious your you know the Miami organization, you know, um do we call him? Who do we we call him? The Godfather, Pat Riley.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, definitely.
0: Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra. Um, I think that would be an, it would be a necessary step for him. But it was I was glad even during the week, the last week or so, um, the buzz uh, around free agency and securing um, Kyle Lowry. Right, many teams clearing out cap space, trying to make a run for him. Uh, from New Orleans Pelicans, uh, Chicago Bulls, L.A. Lakers, uh, I think even New York Knicks, um, Dallas Mavericks. So I was glad that he. Were, I think even I heard the Boston Celtics, uh, but that could have just been you know, um, you know, like smokescreen. But um, I was glad that he was receiving that the attention. I think the finals have put a spotlight on aging point guards and their value. And right. and, and kudos to, to Chris Paul in um you know re- revitalizing um the worth of um veteran point guards, right? Who play at that elite level. There's not many of them, right? There's there's probably three. Uh, Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, Mike Connolly, and I wouldn't even put Mike Connolly on the same same peg as as Kyle no. Lowry and Chris Paul, right. He probably just time. comes yeah he, he comes right behind uh, or below them and no disrespect to Mike Connolly. Uh, um, but uh, he just doesn't have a playoff uh, uh, extensive playoff experience as you know Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry But um, I was glad for Kyle to get that. And but I we had, you know, discussed this and projected him going to another franchise, but also um, glad that he's going on to another franchise and appreciating now an opportunity for us to see what he's left behind. Right. Right. Um, part, parcel of the mythology of messianic figures and leaders is that they they leave. They don't over. They, they don't overstay, right? Um, they need they, they know when to exit in order for them to amplify what the people who have been left behind. And so the leaders like Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG, uh, I see them taking a whole new level this year. Oh, yeah. Right? And so um, uh, so I'm excited for that. And so I didn't grieve as much as I did back at the trade deadline you know when the raptor fan base went through some sort of like quasi existential crises um and then we figured out that we were keeping him for the rest of the season but um it did allow me to go back into the archives and to revisit certain key moments of kyle lowry's uh tenure with us um you know just sub just under 10 years um, we've seen We've seen him invent himself into, reinvent himself as a, one of the top players in this league, an all-star, an Olympian, uh, and a, a philanthropist. So the appreciation for me is to also see his own evolution, which he will admit, and and he identified in his, um, you know, that short essay uh, that he uh, wrote, that he posted on Instagram, um, that he, he for him to own up to the fact that he, you know, uh, matured significantly here. I think um, it was incredible to watch. And I think he, I think embodied exactly what we needed as Toronto Raptor fans, at least, to, to, to have to, to, like a blueprint for success. So yeah. much of it for us was we need to attract a star. We need to attract a star. We need to bring someone like Vince who has this magnetic, charismatic yeah. impact rather yeah. than how about we invest in someone who has potential, who chooses to be here, um, goes under the radar, um, but we're we're banking on um, a high reward. And yeah. Bryce, I think we can say that that's become the blueprint for the Toronto Raptors, right? We yeah. identify talent, we, we you know diamonds in the rough that others don't identify, yeah. and, and we and we've seen that, we've seen that with our roster, uh, con- reconstruction. We see yeah. that in our coat in, in the way we build up our coaching staff, um, player. You know, so our player development is top notch. So a lot of that. Um, is is, uh, you know, in terms of reputation around the league, a lot of that is credited to Kyle Lowry because he pro- he proved that the that formula works. Yeah. And um, so I, you know, and I think I mentioned to you earlier that you know you know there's you know the the growth, right the the greatest Raptor of all time is is Kyle Lowry. And I in an interview this week, Doug Smith of Toronto Star mentioned well Vince Carter is the most imp in- in- important or I mean, maybe impactful is another word to, to use, um, raptor of all time. I, and I'm willing to push back. I understand that his reasoning, I think there's there's, there's credibility in, and there's, it's a credible uh, reason, but I actually um, disagree, right? I think down the road, we're gonna look back and say, okay, the archetype of devel- player development, the archetype of how we identify talent and how we now attract um, players to Toronto Raptors is actually through the mold of Kyle Lowry. And yeah. he will eventually, with time, be the most impactful and important Raptor of all time. Now that Correct. this differentiation and this nostalgic uh, uh, worship, hero worship that we often do with Vince Carter, and no disrespect to him, I just think that w- we're going to realize that it was... It was impactful, but not to the degree that Kyle Lowry had on our Yeah, I think,
1: I, I think when you were talking about you know our player development, I think when you were talking about um, you know just how we as a franchise work um, in, in general, mm-hmm. kind of the philosophy of the franchise is building succession plans. Yeah, and I there is there is no doubt. And we talked about this last season, just this past season, that the keys were already being handed over to Fred Van Vliet. You know, uh, the kingdom of God will be built on you, Fred Van Vliet. And the the, the, the gates of hell will not prevail. You know, uh, that's the kind of stuff that Kyle Lowry told Fred Van Vliet. So we know that there is this baked in... Uh, you know, succession plan to Kyle Lowry, to Fred Van Vliet as a, as a, as a leader on the floor, as a coaching mind. But as you said, we've seen this in the coaching uh, as well. Uh, And it's, and it's wonderful to see. There wasn't that when, when Vince Carter was here, There, there, there was no. And when Vince left, did he have guys crying on his shoulder? Did he have guys writing open letters to him on social media did he have, no, he didn't have that stuff. And, and, you know, don't get me wrong. There were some, some great moments. He was a magnetic force uh, for, you know, for three good years. But what Kyle Lowry did was set up a team for success going forward. And uh, Kyle Lowry um, also uh, gave, gave a legacy. He, he, installed established a legacy moving forward so that he can leave he can feel like he he he's he can go to Miami enjoy some time with Jimmy in South Beach and know that his his boys back in T.O. are going to rock the house right and are, and are going to ask a lot of questions and create a lot of confusion around the league Trey Young's going to be asking was that playoff run that I did last year real you know Joel Embiid is going to be asking uh, w- whether he's you know yet again uh, not as good as another African player because Prince Chuo is gonna you know <laughs> Precious Chuo is gonna ha- have him you know questioning his his identity as a basketball player um, so I know you're gonna say identity as an African um,
0: <laughs> that, that's profound I, I, and that's just West Africa politics, purchases through the Nigerian
1: and uh, and beat Cameroonian. Uh, um, no, you're right, you're right. right. We, you're Yeah, right. we know we know that this is this is happening. We know that Kyle has helped prepare this, not just yeah. Nick and Bobby and and uh, and Masai. So, mm-hmm. that, that's a great point on, on Kyle. And
0: we'll um, I, I think we need to dedicate a bit more time down, you know, into season two on. On, um, on, the impact of Vince Carter versus that of Chris Bosh uh, versus that of um, DeMar DeRozan for sure, um, and and again uh, Kyle Lowry and 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 or have we exhausted this kind of model of we need X star player in right. order for us to kind of attract talent um in order for us to broaden our brand especially south of the border to an american audience and you know kind of placate to it and i think that ended i think the toronto raptors decided we're not going to try to do that anymore we're going to try to be a successful organization that wins that builds players and and if we fly under the radar so what as long as we make the playoffs um and we build on our record, and I think those who know know, yeah, right? Yeah. Those who know know, For and sure. um, if you're interested in hype, then you go and follow uh, underachieving franchises like the Philadelphia 676ers or the Boston yeah. Celtics, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. all the talent in the world and still can't deliver, yeah. Right? yeah. Um, oh, did I say that out loud?
1: Okay. <laughs> Now before we get going on, on, a, on a slander street, uh, let's do a U-turn here and and stick with Kyle. Save uh, and, yes. and 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 park um, you know, this this vehicle of 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 discussion because um, there, there's a lot of questions to get to around your personal relationship with this guy, with this messiah. Uh, and I'm curious, when, when did you become a fan of Kyle Lowry? Because Kyle Lowry came in the dark ages. Yeah. He came, uh, I think, 2012. And it, it was a dark time. So when, my guess is you weren't like, you know, celebrating with, with champagne and cake when he first came to the team. When did you first – was there a moment? Was there, like, kind of a, a section of the uh, of a season where you became a fan of Kyle Lowry? Uh, well, first of all,
0: I knew of Kyle Lowry before he even arrived to Toronto Raptors. I mean, I knew him when he was playing in Villanova, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. Big East point guards are built in a particular way. And, you know, you, I think our listeners know uh, – that were so attuned by that, right? And so when he got drafted and he and he went to the Grizzlies, I knew that there was potential. He's the first rounder, didn't get the opportunity that he was supposed to because the Grizzlies ended up signing Mike Conley, uh, maybe making say, the biggest drafting, mistake. Maybe drafting Mike Conley. Mistake yeah for it's interesting that their their careers are tied together in that way to be honest Bryce, yeah. i i know that they are really amicable with one another and right. they respect each other but there i must think that that also drives a level of competitive nature for kyle to be like hey at the end of the day when i look back yeah. y'all made the wrong y'all oh. made the wrong choice here yeah. um Nevertheless, you know he also ends up in bounces to Houston, where uh, of all people, Goran Dragic is given the opportunity over him. Right, wow. he goes through some you know, injuries, and so um, that sidelines him and derails his season. And then they use they leverage him as an asset, trading him back, trading him to Toronto Raptors. Thank you, Colangelo, probably the best move that he made as a GM, hands down. Um, and I was optimistic. I just didn't know his ceiling. Optimistic in so much as can he be a solid point guard and 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 better than what we've had with Jose Calderon? Yes, absolutely. Um, if you gave if he gave me anything close to what TJ Ford TJ Ford right. in his healthy days, I right. would be fine. But Bryce, my dude, this guy superseded our expectations right and, and i don't other than himself and maybe demar and maybe Dwayne casey and and um and, and probably messiah and Bobby, who came over, who came who took over uh much later i don't know who else could have expected him to take these heights because he hit his peak later in his in his 20s yeah for sure early 30s which in terms of basketball analytics, that's not the case, right? It's a, right. Late, it's a late start, which I'm glad because, again, it dismisses a lot of the research that suggests, well, guys actually peak in their mid-20s. They start their peak in their mid-20s and they continue, whereas actually the trajectory of player development is so much different based mm-hmm. on so many variables, circumstances on the team, injuries, the The way in which the NBA is transforming itself, where it put an emphasis on three point shooting, that that gave life to so many more players. And so I think Kyle Lowry came at the right time. But for me, it was game I did that first series with the Brooklyn Nets, right, right, which which started the We the North. Um, yeah, we came, yeah. we came, we came up short uh, in Game Seven. But to me, I that the embodiment of leadership that he showed was like, I'm, um, he, he's, he's got me. We good. We're in good hands.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and me never looked back to be honest. Now,
1: Bryce. now, after being a fan of Kyle Lowry, when did you become a Stan of Kyle Lowry? Oh man. Um, like did You begin to preach the gospel of Kyle Lowry. I got to go back into the
0: <laughs> archives here. Um, There were so many moments, so many moments. Um, 2016, I don't know if you remember, we were actually having um, a tough series against the Miami Heat in the second round. Yeah. Um, and he threw a he from half court. I remember where I was. I was at Pub Italia yeah. uh, in Middle Italy, in Ottawa. Shout out and i was the only one watching the game i was at the bar i was there was just one tv screen by my you know and uh every i I think other tv screens were showing like baseball or whatever and folks were chatting typical ottawa
1: bureaucrats
0: yeah and then Um, they then
1: they show up and make a jurassic park in ottawa where were you guys in 2016 that's my question i know um
0: and he, he makes the shot from half court, ties the game, goes into overtime. We still lose by, like, four. Um, I think final score is, like, one hundred two ninety six. 96 we, we eventually win that series. But you also have to remember the playoffs uh, series prior to that year because we were struggling, Bryce. Um, Kyle Lowry was either injured or underperforming. People were talking about trading him. Um, he, he had shooting slumps during the playoffs. Um, and I knew the, the position of point guard is so difficult to manage. you got to manage yourself. It, it, it requires so much bandwidth, and it's mentally exhausting. But he gave me enough, especially during that series against Dwayne Wade, an aging Dwayne Wade, but nevertheless, Goran Drogic was in that he was probably you know starting to dip but he was able to lead our team beyond even in the midst of shooting stumps and so on and so forth and I realized okay this is the guy that we got to ride with this is who we need to ride with and is it a gamble yes it is but for me it was more so his intangibles that signified that year to be like this is the right guy for us. He can compete with any point guard in this league. And that's all you need. Will he be a Steph Curry? No, he won't. But will he compete against Steph Curry? Yes, he will. Will he compete against a Kyrie Irving? Yes, he will. And to be honest, Bryce, those types of point guards in this NBA landscape are hard to come by. Hard to come by. I would yeah. take him over, and I would, you know what? And I would take him over John Wall. I, I remember saying that. A lot of it had to do with the intangibles. That's hard to come by. And and that, no disrespect to John Wall, he's he has been incredibly talented in his throughout his career. But I always knew that there was the kind of that leadership um, echelon that some players just don't have. And that's okay. They don't have to be all things to all people. And we had that in Kyle Lowry. Um Now it, there was there weren't always pretty moments, but you gotta ride right. through it. And I think we we benefited from it. And and cr- credit Dwayne Casey, credit Messiah and Bobby who who's, <clears throat> who's who 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 stayed the course to be like, we're not gonna trade him if he even if he we're we're disappointed or or swept by the Washington Wizards. We're not gonna put him on the trading block. We believe in this guy and we think he's gonna continue to develop, learn, watch tape, grow as a player. And continuity is a huge, it's a premium in the league, right? So, yeah. um, that was that was that moment for me. I went I went quite long there, but that that really did it for me in terms of we're going to ride or die with this brother.
1: 2016.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. How about yourself?
1: Uh, just to uh, talk about that series uh, in 2016 with Miami, Kyle was kind of all over the place yes. in that in that series and obviously that heave three-pointer uh was kind of like a relief he had a terrible shooting game that game. i think he had yeah Uh. and and then in that game seven in toronto he had like 37 points and the raps exploded to a blowout win uh but it was his his leadership um also uh, since you brought up john wall and i think you know, we we always had this rivalry. We saw Beale and Wall, especially Wall, as, as an intimidating presence, as a as a scary guy to deal with. But we always wanted to to battle against Washington. And there's was always this conversation within the media, you know, uh, American media, John Wall and Bradley Beale the best backcourt back court in the Eastern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you know what? We we can we can talk about making arguments for, for the Raptors, uh, DeRozan and, and Lowry in that conversation. And, and, you know, we could get objective about that, but at the end of the day, Kyle Lowry by himself has proved at this point in his career that he's a better backcourt than John Wall and Bradley Beal, because those guys haven't even got to a conference final yet. They had all this talent and couldn't make their team better to get to the conference final. That Raptors team, when you look back at the tape on uh, on the Raptors in 2016 versus what they did in 2018, 19, 20, that team was awful. And the, the style of play was terrible. Um, it was Kyle Lowry that made that team better and have the work ethic and the belief to get to the conference finals. Obviously the Eastern conference was weak then, but Kyle Lowry did something that Beal and Wall didn't do. And so for me, he's a better backcourt than the two of them combined. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: It's always, it's always great to confirm that eh? after several years later and, <laughs> oh, and here in that big room, you know, the John Wall and Bradley Beal backcourt, and they did sweep us and that stung Bryce. That yeah. stung. Um, but Hey, look who has the
1: chip. Who's That's laughing. right. Look who's laughing now. Look who's laughing now. Look who's with Jimmy Butler laughing now. Um, <laughs> my friend, tell me about a game that you would want to show, you know, young players. 2019
0: you... Finals, Game One of the uh, of game Game Six of the NBA Finals. Here we go. Here we go. You're going against Steph Curry. You're in Oracle. Um, you have one of the minority owners sitting front court, literally um, shoving you, and you there's a split moment where your reaction time uh is to maintain a level of composure, right? Um, there were there were so many there's so many moving parts in that game, Bryce, but um, leadership, right? Leadership, 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 and it's not just Kyle Lowry, it's how he how he was able to um uh impo- not just po- impose as well, but also transfer and uh, and allocate um that responsibility to others. Fred Van had a huge game. That third quarter where he actually started over Danny Green in the second half, yep. Nick Nurse, kudos to you. Great decision. Um, exceptional the way in which Sergi Baca produced. Um, uh, by the help of, and facilitation of Kyle Lowry, to me, you're a young point guard. Um, you want to understand how to, um, perform at the highest level, um, and choose your moments. My dude had 11 points in the first, what I think, the opening minutes of, of that game as well. Yeah. Right, choosing your points, being calculated, knowing how to. Now you're not just you're not looking at the playbook, but you are the playbook. You are dictating what is best in terms of using your judgment on the court at the high, again, at the highest level playing against um, Golden State, probably the best team in the last decade. Um, some people would say that, you know, probably the best dynasty in, in the 21st century. Um, but I mean, to me, you watch that tape. Shoot, I watch that tape maybe twice a year. Yeah. Um, and every single time I come out, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what he, this is what Kyle is trying to do here, right? Uh, okay, this is how he's trying to use utilize utilize Ka- um, Kawhi Leonard as a decoy and and to and try to feed it into uh, um, uh, Pascal or Serge on the roll. Okay, uh, it's. I, I, I always go back to that game. I always I always do. But I also have another answer.
1: Okay. Just in- now before just in- before you get there, when go you ahead. rewatch the when you rewatch the videos yeah. uh, of of that game six against Golden State, and you look at the plays and you see all the intangible decisions that Kyle's making to get the ball somewhere and make different moves or the footwork. Do you take that information, that that wisdom, do you take that to the why and try to get young high school guys to play? Okay, I want you over here, Pascal. My name's Johnny. Why are you <laughs> calling me Pascal? Uh, Kawhi, get over to the corner. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I, could, I could just envision okay. that, that I'm, you would
0: take that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm coaching, you know, vicariously – uh processing game six of 2019 (laughs) finals through pickup coaching pickup Uh, voluntarily (laughs) they haven't asked me to coach but I'm I'm imposing my coaching uh (laughs) onto these young fellows at uh different runs at the Y um I will what was your second answer I won't I won't confirm or deny um I, going back to game, that game six, Bryce. I, you know, one element that actually has nothing to do with on the court. It was actually upon the victory. Yes, Kyle, Kyle Lowry is the key guy that identifies the, the predicament that Masai was in, and rushes over. He has, you know, he has the game ball in his hand and everything, but he rushes over. Identifies there's some um, altercation, and immediately kind of just confirms that hey you know messiah is you know ha- his ha- is credible to step onto the court and embraces him and and you can still see to this day yeah. that messiah shook yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah and and to have a recognizable face especially like kyle Lowry, um allow you to not just escape a moment that could have escalated um but to um bring a level of solace even in that moment right I, i'm not in Masai's mind so i don't know what he was feeling uh i can only assume but uh, that to me also crystallizes kyle lowry right yeah Um for sure. in terms of not just his you know that game in terms of his on-court prowess but um, but just his humanity, you know, and I'm, I'm not creating him into a deity here. I'm not, you know, I know we were throwing a, around the concept of messianic figure here and there, but to me is his emotional intelligence that doesn't yeah. often get the credibility. And I don't know if basketball, the basketball world has the language sometimes to identify. We always use the words intangibles or character, but it's become such a trope at this point, right? Um, but no, I, he, he has, he has that gene. He has, um, that ability, uh, to really be there for his players, his coaches, and the people around him. And I think that, uh, to me is what I'm going to miss, but I also know that he has really, um, uh, infused that in our organization and on our team that you can now see it in Fred VanVleet right um and so um to to answer your question the second option that I will give to the second game that I will give to people is is this it happened just a couple of months ago man this is we're in LA I think right uh, yeah he's he's some fan is chirping at Kyle Lowry from the stands (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and from the get-go, and that completely sets the stage for Kyle Lowry to go off, Bryce. He, he finishes the game uh, just destroying the L.A. Lakers. Uh, he has 37 points, 11 assists. We win 121 to 114 in Staples Center. It was – they couldn't stop him, Bryce. It, it was a bit reminiscent to that game six – in the NBA finals, especially in that first quarter, but he actually extended that throughout the whole game. He was like, Hey, uh, no, one's going to stop me. Um, uh, Vogel, whatever defensive scheme that you're going to throw, I'm going to decipher it. I'm going to exploit whoever mismatch that's on the court. Um, And I'm going to, also prove that I'm still one of their elite point guards in this game. Good yeah. good night. Yeah. Um, so
1: um, it's a bit of recency bias, but you know what? He deserves it. No, that's that's good stuff, man. There's so many games to to point to, uh, to, to be able to say, you know, this is where we put Kyle on the pedestal. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, – we joke around about the you know, being the Messiah. Uh, you know, there was moments of resurrection, like that comeback against Dallas that we could wow. talk. Wow, yeah, of course. Uh, there, there were moments when you know, like when Demar uh, wow. went just wasn't playing well in Game Six against Washington, and Kyle took Fred, uh, Delon Wright, Pascal Siakam, uh, and I think Pirtle. Jakob Purtle to to take a lead in the fourth quarter against the Washington Wizards in Washington in Game Six, and then close that game out. Um, there, you know, there's all kinds of these uh, incredible moments of of comeback. We won that
0: series. We won that series, right?
1: We did, we did win that series in Washington. Uh, okay. 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 Interesting. Uh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> uh, and Bradley Beal and John Wall were both in that fourth quarter. Uh, you know there's there's down o two uh, and we, and we come back. And you see that Kyle wasn't shooting well, but he was doing everything else in that Buck series, down 0-2 We get down o two in the bubble against the Celtics, and he comes back. And probably my game that I'll uh, treasure the most, yep. uh, of Kyle Lowry, um, in all the aspects that he brought to the game was that game six and that bubble yep. series against Boston. And, and yep. I, think, I think that when the season happens and there's some, some high moments, there's some, some moments of challenge, when there's some moments of difficulty and, and maybe darkness, I think even the guys on the team, Fred, OG, Pascal, hell, maybe even Norm, We'll do the same thing out in Portland. Big shout out to Norm for his five-year contract that he set uh, that he set up with Portland in the Black and Red out in the West Coast. Much deserved. Uh, but I think I think he'll look at that game as well and see all the impact uh, Kyle had, um, and and that will help us. That will help us this season. It's you know that life. will help us. Yeah. disrespect they they were ranking Kemba
0: Walker ahead of uh oh my gosh uh, Kyle Lowry where's Kemba Walker now
1: Kemba was a no-show for half of that series gosh um
0: and you know all all mad love to New York point guard Kemba he signed he signed with the Knicks but there's it's not even a competition man no every single time Kyle Lowry I feel like has to prove his worth and you know and 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 Bill Simmons uh, on his pod earlier this week was questioning his value, suggesting that you know he um, the contract or his the attention that he's receiving is a bit inflated. And I'm like, is he, is he just trying to be um, uh, uh, playing devil's advocate? Is he is this just uh, you know an approach in order for him to pander to a particular audience in order for him to increase his ratings? In a you know overly you know saturated media uh, industry, absolutely because he's he can't be that dumb. And I have a lot of respect for Bill uh, yeah. Simmons, but look, really like overinflated. Like how much does Kyle Lowry have to do to prove to you um, that he's worth all of this and even more? But to be honest, I'm at a point where I don't need to prove anything. No, one in my own personal life, which we don't have to dive in. Into. <laughs> but, but in terms of being a, a Toronto Raptors fan, um, we don't have to prove anything to anyone, and right. and Kyle Lowry doesn't ha- definitely doesn't have to prove anything no. to anyone
1: either. And and last time I checked, uh, when you're a six time All Star and a champion, uh, you you have already got a lot of respect and love. Number one, number two, I'm pretty sure that the voice of Bill Simmons gets drowned out pretty quickly from Jimmy Butler and Pat Riley's want to have Kyle Lowry on that roster. Could be wrong. But I'm pretty sure that, that Kyle's going to be listening to Jimmy and Pat way more than, than Bill Simmons. I think uh, he
0: got a, he, he, he signed his guarantee contract was what 85 for three years. And I, and I think he could have asked for more, but he understands to compete. Uh, uh, the Miami Heat needed a bit more cap space and so um, um, so yeah again this guy I wish him well I mean obviously I'm a Toronto Raptors fan I mean I'd rather see us win a chip if there's anyone in the league to win a chip this year you know I'm going to have to support our guy
1: Right, that makes sense um, any other any other thoughts, any other moments that you want to uh, point out about Kyle Lauer before we, we wrap it up? Uh,
0: there was this uh, story we heard much later uh, while he and Damar were on the team. And, you know, their friendship, their bond together and the way they express the love for one another is actually quite appreciative because... Oftentimes, you know, male uh, uh, bonding or, uh, or even a level of vulnerability isn't always displayed, especially in NBA culture, right? And so uh, one thing that we hear uh, is that they take, I don't know the, the other rookie, but all I know it's DeLon, DeLon, DeLon Wright um, is taken into a store um this kind of you know fancy clothing store um and I think it's in Toronto and Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan say buy whatever you want it's on us you know very well as a rookie you know um you're not making a lot of money compared to some of your uh you know veteran players and so Um, one can just interpret that to be like, oh, that's very kind of them. That's a kind gesture, um, you know, uh, for DeLon and this other rookie, I don't remember his name, uh, to, um, you know, embrace themselves in luxury. You can interpret it that way. There's another way you can interpret it as understanding uh, the fact that Kyle Lowry actually never wanted that to hit the media. He kept all of that, internal he is someone and a lot of uh journalists who follow the raptors uh you know from the beat writers and whatnot know that of kyle that he actually is very guarded and very calculated in terms of the, the what he projects in the public and anything of this nature where you know he displays generosity especially in terms of these relationships he has with his teammates he really keeps it um uh, I don't. Uh, he doesn't privy the public to know right. all the details, right? Aside from his uh, Thanksgiving drives that he does in yeah. the community uh, yeah. and some of the initiatives he does in Philadelphia, aside from that, he he is quite guarded about a lot of things, and I think that's something that I, I've always appreciated of him because I think there's something in him that wants to maintain a level of genuineness and integrity. Right. That he doesn't want to have um out in the public right right um and and he doesn't want he wants to control the narrative and uh of who he is and those relationships without it being influenced by external forces and that's something to be honest i've taken away my own personal life to be like how much of my ego wants everyone to know what i'm doing as such a great guy that i am and And how much of it just needs to be maintained in that kind of relational, the confines of the relationships that I have, like a team, or in my case, my network of family or friends and so on and so forth. Um, uh, a, little, a, little, a little philosophical, but it, it, it is something that I am gonna, is it an incredible takeaway because I think leadership too often is something that's displayed and performed for right. the public to see. And sometimes it's quite shallow rather than actually someone who uh, takes on a different approach. Is it too loud? Is it so much charismatic, but has such a deep, substantive impact? Um, That is probably the biggest takeaway. I know it's not a game. I know it's not a um, uh, diving into statistical analysis here, but um, hey, man, well, you know, you started saying it this way. I think that's the impact of a messianic figure, after all.
1: There you go. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yesterday on Instagram, uh, there were a number of posts about Kyle's final interview with the media. Mm. And one of one of the uh, quotes that uh, were out there with a, a, a lovely picture of, of Kyle in, you know, in a happy mood on the court, probably after a victory. Um, was uh, Kyle talking about how he's, he's really nervous about coming back to Toronto the first time because he knows that there will be uh, a a video about his career in Toronto and showing how much he loves Toronto, how much we love uh, him. And he said, you know, I don't want to, Uh, see that because I'm going to be in tears uh, before a game you know Mm -hmm. uh, in front of this whole crowd and maybe I'll have to say something maybe I won't but it'll it'll be emotional Um, and let me be clear uh, just as I was on social media yesterday in response to that uh, that I will be crying as well and I am sure there will be a lot of uh, there will be very few dry eyes in, in the city of Toronto, uh, certainly among uh, Raptors fans, uh, because of how much he has meant, as you said, as a player, as a leader. But I think more importantly, and this is what we love about Kyle and so many of the other characters in, in the franchise that are important, uh, is that uh, their humanity. Uh, their their generosity, their the spirit that they bring to the team, the friendship that uh, you know they cultivate uh, with with their teammates, and Kyle has has provided all those big brother uh, type um, uh, you know impacts as well as all the stuff on the court, and uh, it, it is hard I think for the franchise to say goodbye. Uh, I think it's it's hard for us as fans to say goodbye, but you know what? I think as we watch this season and we look back on other, previous seasons, the nine previous seasons Kyle Lowry had with us, I think when we look at this season, we'll be seeing Kyle all the time. Um, and hopefully yeah. we see a lot a lot of victory. Hopefully we see a lot of smile. Hopefully, we see guys challenging each other and being able to to get better. Uh, just yeah. as Kyle did. Um, but Kyle, Kyle has never left us, has he? he he'll never, he'll re- really never leave us. Obviously, he will. His number will be retired upon his retiring. Uh, but but he's always there. He's always I present. Will always,
0: I, will, I will always be with you, uh, <laughs> said one um figure um messianic figure uh well you know i you're you're right and his presence will be left i mean he should be the first you know he de rosen i don't care what order are the guys whose jersey should be hung uh sorry chris bosh sorry vince that's it you know let's put some respects on uh um Damar and Kyle Lowry's name and uh, yeah you're right you know uh, I, I think there should be a, a statue that will be built um of Kyle you know when I, when it's everything said and done when he retires so
1: um, I've heard rumors of Dundas Street being named Kyle Lowry Way have wow. I pushed the, have I pushed those rumors a bit possibly <laughs> pushing that propaganda um
0: yeah I think you know and I, you know I also expect him to, to return to the franchise in some, you know, um, in, in in some capacity uh, after his playing days, uh, you know, uh, if not as a a coach or a senior advisor or maybe even uh, as a general manager, you know, um, I think his basketball mind uh, is will still be valuable and able to contribute to making. Uh, uh, this this team or, or franchise better but also the league I think he's such a value add to the game of basketball and to the and to the and to the sport uh, and, and the NBA so um, there's
1: still a lot more of Kyle Lowry that uh, we will experience and appreciate I think so I think so Well, well my friend we better wrap it up there uh, not only because we've we've gone for an hour, although nowhere near the length of uh, Chris Jackson and my podcast, but uh, you have a big trip you got to prepare for. You're going to be in Vegas as of tomorrow. Summer uh,
0: league. Uh, I, can't, All
1: I can't aboard. wait. I can't wait for, uh, for the journal that you record, um, you know, the diary, the Las Vegas diaries. Uh, I look forward to uh, the conversation that the conversations that you have down there that you'll share with me off air and some of the stuff you'll share on air. And uh, I'm mostly looking forward uh, for you to, to be able to meet uh, or at least watch uh, the Raptors summer league. Uh, So much excitement around, around that. So enjoy your trip. Enjoy every moment um, if, if the stars align, enjoy, uh, a photo op with Masai Jury. Um, but my friend, uh, have a, have a wonderful time. Know that, uh, I'll be thinking of you down there and it, it's just, it just seems like a, a once in a decade kind of experience. Who knows? Maybe it will be an annual thing when you make all the uh, good connections down there. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll be able to come with you next year. (laughs) Hey, hey,
0: hey. um, there's some executive decisions that need to be made in your home for that to happen. Can 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 that can that can those executives uh, be swayed by some of my gifts and um,
1: possibly? I'll have to start now. You'll have to start. (laughs) Well, I got to start
0: now. Gotta 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 implement a strategy here. Uh, no, you you'll you'll be missed as well. You know, I wish you obviously you could you can see what I see and experience what I experience. But I'll do my best to report and um, yeah, make sure that our listeners kind of get a uh, uh, Raptors fan, um, uh, you know, uh, eyes on the ground kind of experience in Vegas because it's a different world. There. Oh, God. Uh, and so i look forward to it so uh but thank you my friend and uh enjoy your time in toronto and continue doing these uh tuesday
1: wednesday night uh, cocktail uh, <laughs> adventures man most definitely most definitely well we'll wrap it up here uh kyle lowry over everything podcast uh much excitement to get to later this month But for now, to everyone who's listening, peace.